Welcome back to another episode here in the choir room. It is Glee season two, episode number five. It is the Rocky Horror Glee show. And we have a real treat for you as we have a very special guest here to talk about everything today. Before we introduce her, uh, first, Aman, how's it going today? Oh, it's going, Matt. I'm very excited to talk about um, I guess this counts as Glee's first holiday special, right? Because it's for Halloween. It is, yeah. Um, I didn't even realize that until they started talking about Halloween. And I was like, oh, wow, this is definitely a Halloween episode. What do you know? But yeah, what's, uh, I actually don't think I asked you at all before we uh, got on here. Are you a big Rocky Horror guy or at least like vaguely familiar with it in the same way I, that I'm vaguely familiar with it? Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with it. it it's always one of those shows where I'm like, damn, do you call yourself a musical theater fan and you don't know a lot about Rocky Horror and every time I think that I'm like I gotta make some time to wa watch Rocky Horror and then I don't <laughs> like I've seen it one time and I actually had the pleasure of going to go see it um like at a movie theater so people were actually dressed up and they did all of the the shouting at the screen and all the antics that are that are apparently like a thing that you do when you watch this movie <laughs> with other people so um yeah I I am aware of like some of the cultural things that come along with it but like as far as the story is concerned and everything because of the fact that the first time that i ever seen it i was distracted by the antics of the audience i really don't know anything about this damn show all right well we luckily we have somebody here to fill in those gaps and kind of guide our guide us through it so welcome to the choir room glee super fan lita brillman <laughs> yes glee glee is the is the portion of this episode that i'm a super fan of yes definitely yes um uh, go ahead uh, tell, tell us all about your glee fandom that started about two weeks ago <laughs> Okay, actually, so I do know that you ask people the the Glee origin stories. So are we doing that yeah, first, or we're talking about absolutely? Okay. Let's start with that. So, so actually, I was a, a day one Glee person. I just bailed on it way earlier than most other people. In my opinion, this show got bad way before people say that it got bad. It's just not really. It's it's not camp enough to be camp for me it's just bad um in a lot of ways but um i was a day oneer so glee came out um the pilot came out right as i was entering my freshman year of high school um and i went to a high school that was pretty big on musical theater um so it was definitely something that like everybody was talking about um and i was really excited for it because i was deeply obsessed with spring awakening when i was in middle school and i still am uh the broadway show so jenna ushkowitz um leah michelle and Jonathan Groff were all in the original Broadway cast of Spring Awakening. So I was like, okay, this is a musical show where they're actually casting musical theater people. Kristen Chenoweth is here. Dana Menzel is here. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very into it. And every single week I watched it at, um, at one of my best friend and esteemed choir room pod alum, Sam Stanish's house. Um, we watched it, I think it was on Tuesdays and we watched it every single week together at his house um, for the first season. Um, and I think maybe it's because there's so many episodes in the season, like not since Pretty Little Liars have I watched a show that has 22 40 minute episodes in a season. Um, 
But somewhere in season two, I just fell off. I remember Darren Chris being there, but don't remember um, like much after that. Um, and that was because I uh, was into a very Potter musical and all of that. Um, so I remember sticking around for him a little bit. But just now in quarantine, I have decided to <laughs> actually watch it. Um, so I am only up to like... Like season two, episode 10, maybe somewhere around. There. I just watched the zombie football one. Okay. Um, took me three days to get through that episode. So um, did I, I don't think that we've like dissected why you started watching it again. Was it because all of us like in group chats were talking about Glee and you wanted to uh, see what we were talking about? Or you just kind of had a random inkling, inclinate, whatever to uh, to start watching it again? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people were talking about it. Um, but then also I just... Literally, am, so I am not one of those people who is like has a million shows on my list to watch. If I want to watch a show, I just watch it until I'm bored. Wow. I like never have stuff piled up really. And I don't know why that is. But it's also because I don't like any shows that are like serious. Mm -hmm. um, so when people are like, oh, my God, Leftovers, Westworld, Game of Thrones, like I'm never going to watch any of those shows and have no desire to. So for me, it's like only comedies. Mm -hmm. And I don't even really like reality shows where people aren't eliminated. Um, yeah. So any reality show, a lot of reality shows that people really like, um, I'm not into. Uh, so I just have a ton of time to watch TV and don't have very much on my list. So when something is on Netflix and my friends are talking about it and I know it will be easy to watch and won't be a bummer, um, then yeah, I watch it. But I don't want to say that I didn't like it when it first came out. Like I loved the first season. Um, Sam and I were just talking about this, but his sister would always make fun of us for like how into Glee we were. And she would be like, Sam, is Laura, my real name is Laura, and I went by that back then. She would be like, Sam, is Laura coming over to complete your lives tonight? Like, Glee just is going to complete your life. Um, because that's how we talked about it. So that is all to say, I was, I was into it. I am enjoying my watch. I think now that I have some distance and my, like, high school friends are not constantly obsessing over it and quoting it completely earnestly, um, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But I'm glad to be on this episode because I am the Rocky Horror super fan. Emma Pillsbury who? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the way that this all got started, the way that this idea came about, which uh, was pretty random, back in, before Quarantine Times existed, which was only a couple months ago, surprisingly, uh, back in January, I took a trip with a couple other friends down to uh, visit Lita and a couple of our other friends, Danny and Austin, in the D.C., Maryland area. And at one point, we were in the car driving from one house to another, and that entire pretty much that entire car ride um like going down to dc and then also from like i said this house to another i was pretty much just playing nothing but glee this was like right after my rewatch that i keep talking about um so i played nothing but glee Lagori told me that the only music he had on his phone was glee and she i think believed i kind of believed because you. she was like wait seriously and i was like uh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so i only played glee and i think it was lita's suggestion she uh somebody mentioned like the rocky horror music and i was like oh you want to like listen to the glee rocky horror stuff and she said yes so the rest of the car ride we just listened to the entire rocky horror glee songs and uh some criticism came along the way from uh, different parts <laughs> of the songs and either way I was like alright this is the uh, the only person that we can have guest with us on this show so uh, I mean do you, yeah feel free let's start with your Rocky Horror uh, fandom where, where did it all begin and uh, how did it lead you to being the number one Rocky Horror fan okay so first of all Aman and I are both from Pittsburgh 
Um, yes. Pittsburgh has the best Rocky Horror Shadow cast in the country. Do not at me. Um, Aman, did you see it in Pittsburgh? I haven't. I've only ever seen the movie. I've never seen any live performances of it. So, but you saw it in a theater with like people throwing stuff. Was that in Pittsburgh? Oh no, 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 no! no. It wasn't in Pittsburgh. It was here in Philly when I moved okay. here. Okay, gotcha. So there is something um, that a lot of midnight showings of Rocky Horror do um, called a shadow cast. So what that mm-hmm. means is that mm-hmm. in addition to having all of the props where you like. Um, throw stuff at the screen and and things like that. Um, There is a cast that is dressed up and they are acting out the entire movie in front of Mm -hmm. the screen. Um, So they like lip sync all of the lines, they do the choreography, um, things like that. And then you're also shouting responses uh, to the screen. So uh, it will be like, you'll set up a joke. So in the time warp, for example, they say madness and everybody goes, madness sucks, like the band. Um, so you, <laughs> there's just like things that you shout I out. I remember throughout, that one, yeah. Yeah, throughout the entire um, show. So Pittsburgh has an amazing shadow cast. Um, it's pretty um, iconic, especially since the movie Perks of Being a Wallflower came out because that um, takes place and is filmed in Pittsburgh and they actually had like the real shadow cast. Um, in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw it for the first time when I was 14. Uh, It used to be out in Oakmont and now it's in Dormont. Um, So I went to the one in Oakmont in Pittsburgh um, with a couple of my friends. Um, Didn't really know what I was getting into. I'd never seen the movie before, but I just totally fell in love with it. Um, And I would go, they have it now every other Saturday. Um, So I went pretty much as often as I could. In high school, it starts at midnight. Um, So as soon as I had a license or friends who had licenses, we would go as often as we could. Um, I went after prom my junior year or my sophomore year um, with some of my friends. And Emma Watson was there. Uh, Emma Watson (gasps) and Logan Lerman were there because they were doing research for the role. Um, So I know all the callbacks. I know the show really well. Um, And they they mentioned it a bit in uh, this episode in Will's wildly varied knowledge of Rocky Horror, where at one point he barely knows what it is, and then the next point he's giving a historical thesis on the importance of Rocky Horror. But he is right in that it it really is for kind of outcasts and people that um, don't have anywhere else to go. It's it's really queer. Um, and I wrote about it a little bit in uh, my college Common App essay about how... Uh, being homophobic is its own punishment because you don't get to experience shit like this. Um, <laughs> so it was it was a really, really important part of, uh, of my high school career. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aman, once this is all over, when you're back in Pittsburgh, well, we will have to go. Oh, my God. I definitely will. I mean, I, I, I went to one here in Philly and they, they did have a shadow cast as well. But I mean, and they were good. But like what you're describing seems a lot more, <laughs> a lot better. So I definitely would gladly take you up on that. Yeah, I've only I've only seen this uh, Rocky Horror show once, like, and it was the stage performance. It was like by one of the local theater groups, um, and it was back in high school actually. And I'm pretty sure it was like the midnight performance kind of thing. Uh, do they ever do it where it's not at midnight? I doubt it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it was on Broadway at one point, or at least on the West End. Mm-hmm. So I doubt those were at midnight. Probably not. I mean, I, I didn't catch those, but uh, back in high school, like I said, <laughs> I caught the uh, the local performance of it like once, um, and I had you know friends that were uh in it so we kind of talked about it a lot and then especially with the glee episode coming out that's that was like my exposure to rocky horror but like i feel like i do know a lot more about it than maybe uh most people that probably came into this episode at the time besides people that 
did know about it, if that made any sense. Um, but mm-hmm. before we actually like get into talking about the episode, also, I wanted to ask you if you wanted to just kind of like say there's somebody out there who has never seen Rocky Horror, doesn't know anything about it besides the Glee episode here. Do you want to give like a 101 what Rocky Horror is, what it's about, and, you know, I guess why it's inappropriate for Glee to be doing it? <laughs> Yeah, um, so the most important thing about Rocky Horror is that the plot doesn't matter. Um, It doesn't make any sense. It's basically just this scientist, Dr. Frankenfurter, um, who is a transsexual Transylvanian, which is um, basically like the alien race um, that exists in the show. So he and and all of his like Transylvanian people... Um, who are aliens, are on Earth because they're having this convention where he um, created Rocky, who is basically this monster that he has sex with. um, And that's it. Um, But Janet and Brad are these normies, and their car breaks down, so they go into the castle and uh, basically get wrapped up in all of these bisexual dealings where uh, Frankenfurter disguises himself as... Janet to have sex with Brad and then disguises himself as Brad to have sex with Janet. Uh, Janet has sex with the monster. Um, there's there's murder um, involved. There is cannibalism. Uh, just simply nothing about it is appropriate for a high school to do. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it's really just queer um, and kind of nonsensical. Um, but is also kind of moving uh, at the end. And yeah, it's it's just not for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as, as noted by the fact that a lot of uh, or most performances about Rocky Horror take place uh, at midnight. So obviously after mm-hmm. the kids all go to bed and as you if you watch this episode, you saw that it's like a pretty lively crowd that are dressed up in costumes, throwing things all over the place. It's like uh, a chaotic scene that you would just never imagine Emma Pillsbury would ever want to be anywhere near. Uh, but yeah. but as this episode is going to tell us, it's something that hooks her for some reason or another. And uh, that's pretty much what is going to lead this episode to existing. That's the storyline behind it. So I guess let's just get right into it. Aman, we open this episode up with Santana Lopez, the mouth of Santana Lopez, uh, opening up with science fiction double feature and this is like this is the thing you remember of the start of this episode like you can't not think of this opening credit uh, opening like title sequence where Santana's mouth is just there singing this opening song it's just like immediately what my brain goes to when I think of the, the episode yeah it was very impactful and I wish that I had seen um rocky horror or known more about it the first time that i watched the episode because then i would just be that much more into it uh, but it's definitely an image that uh sticks out in my mind and yet another santana santana solo which we are going to get a plethora of this season mm-hmm. so yeah very very memorable opening here yes. i loved it yeah so we're, we're gonna open up and we are at rehearsal it seems that the glee club uh new directions are doing rocky horror and i mean if you do know rocky horror your initial reaction has to be like why the hell is this group of 17 and 16 year olds doing it um but we're gonna get there so they're doing there's a light over at the frankenstein place it's uh finn and rachel obviously up front as brad and janet and as the rehearsal's going on dr carl emma's dentist boyfriend comes running in and he's screaming hey schuster you messing with my woman i thought we had a deal uh and that's where we're gonna pause and we get a little bit of uh shoe narrating where this is apparently a week after where we're gonna actually start this episode basically this is will's nightmare coming true that dr carl found out something happened but we have to go all the way back to find out what happened so back in the beginning of this episode's timeline we have will in the teacher 
Lounge with Emma Pillsbury. And Emma's talking about how her and Dr. Carl went to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror. Uh, she says that, you know, you, you'd think that she would hate it because there's so much of a mess going on there, like mentioned. Uh, but she's having so much fun and she doesn't even notice. And, she, you know, she's talking about how she's usually anti-Halloween. But this year they're going to dress up as characters from Rocky Horror and go trick-or-treating. So As she's, adults. As adults, as as full adults, they are dressing up to go trick or treating. Um, so this is going to spark an idea in Will Amon, and uh, he is just going to use this opportunity to say, "Oh, I can take this and kind of get back on Emma's side." Where I don't know, we can bond over this. Yeah. So I mean, he she sees clear, or he sees how she's clearly opening up with Carl and Rocky Horror seems to be the, the, the thing in his mind that is making Emma uh, seem more fun and more, you know, less hindered by, by her OCD and everything. And so in an effort to relate to her um, and to seem cool, he uh, says that he is uh, thinking about doing Rocky Horror for the Glee Club. And I loved this conversation in this scene because, like I said, when I watched this episode for the first time, I didn't really know too much. I knew of Rocky Horror, but I didn't know anything about subject matter. I didn't know what it was about or anything. And so when we go through this entire thing and then Sue pretty much or um, Emma shuts him down saying, oh, yeah, so you're probably going to have to get Sue and uh, Principal Fingers to sign off on this because the whole thing is drastically inappropriate yeah. i was like oh really and so i remember like immediately going online and searching to see what the hell she was talking about and then i was like oh shit so i felt like i was going on the ride with uh with will here so it was really funny for me yeah and lita we want we want your glee opinions as well besides the rocky horror takes along the way so uh <laughs> let us in on, on some of your thoughts about will and emma up to the point that you have seen so far okay so <laughs> uh i Will is a terrible person, <laughs> and I'm glad that I got to um, be on this episode, which is one where he's particularly terrible. immoral yeah. and bad. <laughs> he's just like a manipulative, selfish womanizer who will only do things for his own benefit, no matter how much lying or sacrificing other people he needs to do, and I hate him so much. Um, also, don't really care about Emma. I don't I don't mind her. Um, but I fast forward anytime she sings because her voice sounds oh. like nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> uh, I knew the comments were gonna be brutal, but we're already starting. Uh <laughs> she is such a bad singer. <laughs> um I she doesn't sing too often so it's like hard to say I feel like the only song that I think of when I think of Emma's voice is uh is this one and I like I this song. Yeah, the that's my, season one. That's my Emma impression. Um, all right. Well, do you do you care about any of the adults on this show? I think was it Sam that was talking about how he just doesn't care about adults in general on I, TV shows. I am totally on board with that. I don't care about adults. Um, I don't. I don't care. You guys seem to really like uh, Kurt's dad. Don't care about Bert Hummel. Oh. Um, I oh, I mean damn. Sue's Sue's fun. Um, I like Sue, but. I don't need her to have a plot line that doesn't involve the kids. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised uh, that you don't like Bert uh, for some reason. I feel like if there's anybody that wasn't going to like Bert, I guess I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, he's, I don't dislike him. I just don't You just don't care. care. I get it. Uh, like way to be baseline supportive of your son and do the bare minimum. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I mean, that's a fair critique. It's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Will's going to tell the new directions that they're doing Rocky Horror this week. And Rachel is immediately like, what? Are you, are you, are you sure? That doesn't seem like a very good idea. Rachel knows uh, ro- ro- what Rocky Horror is. And that's probably not the best idea for this club of a bunch of kids. Uh, and Kurt's like, yeah. yeah. Aman, I, I know that you did high school theater like myself. Do you remember when you guys got to pick the show and then also pick your own roles and then cast adults in it? Oh, no, no. I wouldn't <laughs> dream of it. You know, like how many times I had to beg to do certain shows and those shows were never done? Like, oh, my God. Literally Literally, this is insane. Okay, let's talk about casting. Okay, I'll be Janet. Is that how this works? Also, right? is this an all-school musical and nobody else is allowed to do it? Yeah. Is, is Glee allowed to just do their own musical? Yeah, no, they, the there's, no, uh, there's no musical. Contracted. They're, they, they are, they're in charge of the musicals. They're in charge of all the assembly performances, everything. Just all yeah. Glee. Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I was begging for us to do... I, I don't know if this is going to make you guys laugh, but I was trying to do Hairspray for the longest time at my school. And Did you have they, black people? Yes, Okay. That well, that's the mistake that high schools make when they do hairspray often. Yes, oh, yeah. it is. <laughs> no, yes, it the fuck is. Yes, it was a, a very diverse school. Um, but we had uh, nobody would uh, we wouldn't do it for uh, the entire four years that I was there, and then they did it the very year after I graduated. So that was cool. That happened to me with Mama Mia. Oh. We were begging for it, and then they did it after I graduated. Luckily, I was close enough to like the people involved with production still so you know my one year out of high school I was still able to go back and help and it wasn't that creepy just yet but um so <laughs> I had a great time with that anyway so yeah as, as Lita mentioned they're just gonna pick their parts here Will's kind of assigning some here and there Will wants Sam to play the role of the creature uh and Sam finds out what this role is as like Quinn is kind of filling him in and he's like oh sure like I'll, I'll show off my body have no problem with that uh and Kurt is offered the role of Frankenfurter but he doesn't want to play it um but but then Mike Chang jumps in and he says, you know what? Uh, actually, now that I know I can sing and I feel more confident in my singing, uh, I'll take that role. And it's like, oh, uh, OK. So Mike yeah, Chang is going to is going to be one of our leads here, uh, supposedly. But whatever. So we're going to go over to see Finn and Rachel rehearsing. And Finn is talking about how he doesn't want to be on stage in his tidy whities He uh, he says, you know, I'm, I'm a jock. I get it. I'm on the football team, whatever. But I'm kind of insecure about how I look and my body. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't think that, but it's true. And Rachel's like, listen, Finn, trust me. You, you it's it's kind of like this didn't feel like the best way to answer him. But she's like, you have a different body, but you're still the hottest guy in school. I was like, I don't think that's the answer he wanted. But yeah, so uh, did we, uh, have we heard Amon to this point that Finn is insecure about anything or is this the first time we're hearing about it? No, this is like one of those conveniently written plot lines. But I mean, it's it, it doesn't make it any less valid. I mean, I know that there are plenty of guys that are not necessarily secure about the way that they look. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was definitely one of those guys, but not not because I was too big, but because I was too damn skinny. Like I would get comments all the time about my chicken chest and my legs and just all sorts of stuff. So like when it came to like swim class and shit, like I was I wanted to wear a t-shirt because I just didn't want people to to like see my my bones um so i i get it it's definitely something that isn't necessarily talked too much about men um because in the grand scheme of things oh boohoo but it's still something that some young men deal with in mm-hmm. high school and what uh Lita, what are your what are your finchel takes to this point oh my god <laughs> who cares um the these two are boring i am into uh you guys didn't ask me who my stand card we didn't are. but please uh please let us know uh, it's the beast, uh, end of list. Um, no, not really, but <laughs> she is probably my favorite character right now yeah. at where I am in season two. Um, I, I like Rachel, but I just, I think Finn is so boring. Um, 
that I am a lot more interested at this point in what Sam and Finn are up to. I mean, Sam and Quinn. I'm, I'm actually very interested in what Sam and Finn are up to, um, <laughs> if, if anything. Uh, Sam and Quinn, rather, um, are a more interesting couple to me. Um, I hate Artie, but I love Brittany. So whatever Artie and Brittany are up to um, is a lot more interesting to me. I actually liked uh, Puck and Rachel more uh, than Rachel and Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the, the body image thing is fine. The, the comparison between Sam and Finn and kind of like their different relationships with their bodies. Um, it's interesting, uh, especially because we've had so much talk of kind of like the comparison between the girls, you know, uh, Rachel being jealous of Santana at one point, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to comment on how confused I am that the president of the abstinence club is like intimately familiar with Rocky horror. Oh, uh, well she got Sam- pregnant and had a baby last year. So she's really no longer president of that club. Right. But I'm like, at what point was Quinn like, yeah, let me watch Rocky horror enough to explain the role to, uh, to what's his name? Uh, Sam. Sam. Yeah. I feel like she's just kind of a know-it-all at this point. Like, I feel like that's becoming part of her personality, which I haven't really super picked up on, but like there was everything that has been happening in early this season with the religion stuff. It just feels like she kind of knows everything and uh, she's like the authority on whatever kind of comes up of that week. And I I don't know. She's a bit of an overachiever, right? Like, I mean, on top of like being like the, the, like a spinoff of the uh, bitchy, uh, queen b she's also a straight a student like she's very like she's very like into whatever she does so i wouldn't be that surprised if she was like oh the minute she hears we're doing rocky horror she's like researching everything that there is to know like i feel like her and rachel are kind of two sides of the same coin to be honest yeah i mean that's uh that's the those two are going to stay connected throughout this season and even kind of farther into the future so that's not a bad call um we are going to go over to the news station where we see sue's corner and aman i came up with a idea in my head not that it's probably an original idea. I'm sure that this is kind of well covered by other people, but is this entire Sue's Corner segment specifically created so that Jane Lynch could do long, uh, funny monologues without having to memorize the entire thing? Because she can just look at a teleprompter and read it off. I mean, I think that she has no problems because she's had quite longer uh, rants to, to students in the hallway than she's had on Sue's Corner. But I think it definitely is a showcase of Jane Lynch's comedic timing and uh, way with words because every Sue's Corner, I'm hanging on every, I hang on every single thing that she says. Um, and this, I don't even, you know, what the fuck was she even saying in this? I uh, hang one? on like, every word, but what the hell was she saying? <laughs> yeah, like honestly, because this one was kind of weird for me. It's like, are you saying that you don't want freaking uh like I, I get the halloweenness of it all but like it just seemed like we can't let our kids become zombies because of how i'm like what like i'm, I'm confused yeah I'm confused. she's having a whole rant about halloween and uh she's saying that like parents encourage little boys to dress like little girls and little girls to dress like whores and go door to door browbeating hardworking americans to give them free food she's like well you know what western ohio we lost the true meaning of halloween fear so yeah she's going on a rant whatever uh, it's you know Sue's monologues, I'm sure we could do an entire podcast just kind of going over all of them. But uh, she ends up back at her office at the school and two of the station managers come in and they sit down with her talking about how much they love her ideas, but they have an idea of their own. Um, First of all, did anybody else catch that they talk about a story about an entire town being overrun by killer bees? Mm -hmm. I did catch that. I was quite sensitive to that. Such bad timing. Such bad timing. Um, 
that is uh, hopefully that just stays a Glee storyline and not one of ours. Um, so yeah, their names are uh, Barry and what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Um, whatever. So, <laughs> so these two TV execs. So yeah, these guys come in and they have this idea where they want Sue to basically do an expose on the Glee Club because they found out that people that that people are trying to get the rights for Rocky Horror, somebody within this school. And Sue's like, "Oh, you want me to shut it down?" They're like, "No, we just want you to do an expose and uh, and prove that the secular progressive agenda has finally arrived here in the Lima, Ohio school school district." So they're trying to tempt her, saying that this idea has an Emmy written all over it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I guess it's a bit of a commentary on how uh, how the media can, while it might, it, how everybody sort of has an agenda, right? Like, and how you can manipulate the news in a way that paints something in a negative light and something else in a more loftier light. Um, uh, even if you, because if you're seemingly opposed to this, then you would not want these kids to be doing it, but you're fine with letting it happen as long as it becomes exposed. So... It was, I guess it's, you know, it's an interesting commentary on how things, especially considering what's going on in today's uh, media and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. you know. And Lita, do we know these two guest stars here? Do we? I believe they are both from the original Rocky Horror movie. Are they? Yes. Who were they? Uh, let me go find it. Where did I he- recognize one of them. I recognize the guy that had glasses on from like other shit that I didn't know he was in Rocky. I mean, when I, once again, I've only seen the movie once. So. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the actor's name is Barry. Maybe that's where I got that from. Barry ba- Bostwick. Oh, Barry Bostwick. He, so, yeah, he was the original Brad. Okay. Um, oh, shit. And Meatloaf. Oh, shit, that was him. Who? Oh, pl- oh, no, the Meatloaf played a guy named Barry. What the hell? Why do they have to name him uh, Barry? Uh, plays Eddie in the original Rocky Horror Picture Show. One of his songs. I didn't realize that was Meatloaf. And Meatloaf sings paradise by the dashboard light that's his song god i'm exposing yeah here. he he's also i do anything for love but i won't do that yeah i i'm not surprised that i didn't recognize them um, <laughs> no, especially because it's not like i'm a fan of meatloaf outside of uh outside of rocky horror so uh rocky horror is made in 1975 so i don't know what meatloaf and barry boswick <laughs> look like now but that's funny no. uh looks fair way enough. different now yeah i can still see it as as unrecognizable as aiden zane's portrayal of patricia quinn oh, God. <laughs> uh, she was not happy about that either god damn no she was not no. yeah so sue's uh thinking about this idea we'll we'll get back to her later to see if she's going to take up these guys in the offer um we are going to ba- go back to the choir room where will is going to kick off a rehearsal getting Finn and Rachel to come to the front of the room and get uh, damn it Janet going but before that uh, as they get up there Santana makes a comment about how she can't wait until Finn takes his top off so they can see the hot mess underneath and Brittany's like yeah you have sloppy joes every day for lunch and you think you can get away with it and Rachel's like this is messed up what do you why why are you guys saying this uh Quinn's like is it messed up like guys whisper behind our backs all the time about how we look they objectify us like every day and Santana's like yeah earlier today Artie was asking me if uh he could make a gigantic omelet when I'm done with the ostrich eggs I'm smuggling in my bra uh and then you get a cut over to Artie who like definitely said that and uh, again like why why are we bouncing back and forth between Artie being like uh so like shy and then in episodes like this he's like so terrible uh Lita would love to get your Artie takes but yeah Brittany's like uh, I'm super looking forward to seeing Sam and his gold bikini and sam is excited because he says it's going to be abulous i tweeted this recently but i guess the point of Artie's character on glee is that disabled people can also be misogynistic assholes mm-hmm. which is like wow very brave i guess <laughs> like but 
diversity means that uh, anybody can be a dick. Um, and I just don't understand uh, most things about Artie's character, or why he exists. I don't know, is it uh, written into his contract? I believe Maddie G pointed this out to me, but uh, is it written into his contract that he has to have a dream sequence where he walks once per season? Uh, just so that mm-hmm. everybody can be reminded, don't worry, guys, he's not actually disabled. I just really hate everything about the way that uh, his character is handled. Yeah, over time, I kind of, I've, I've kind of come around to that as well. It's like, you get why he's there, but then the way that they, exactly like you said, the way they handle it, I feel like is not super great throughout time. Um, but here's our first actual Rocky Horror number, uh, Damn It, Janet. It's Rachel and Finn obviously playing the roles of Janet and, what did I just say? Rachel and Finn playing the roles of Janet and Brad. Uh, Mercedes, Kurt, and Quinn backing them up, and don't ask me to name the characters that they're playing. Maybe Lita can. Cause... Columbia, Magenta, and Riff Raff. There you go. Um, so, yeah, what do we uh, what do we make of this first number here? Uh, well, this is a great song, and uh, they they do it fine. I guess the first uh, bit of the actual musical we get is when they're doing um, the number that John Stamos interrupts at the beginning, but that song sucks. Um, so this is the first like good song. The actual callback for Rocky Horror, when that uh, there's a light over the Frankenstein place, when mm-hmm. that song starts, um, Janet runs into a branch right before it starts, and the callback is that everybody shouts, watch out for that branch, there's a terrible song on that branch. Um, so I'm glad we didn't uh, have to see the whole one of those. They, I, What I will give them credit for, even though I don't like a lot of the renditions of these songs, is that they picked the best songs from the show in my opinion. Um, Especially, I'm glad that they did uh, the full opening song that's just the lips. Uh, That's a great song. I used to sing that for musical theater auditions. Um, But I I don't hate this rendition of of, uh, Damn It, Janet. Yeah, uh, Amon, what do you think about this song? And also notice that uh, we didn't mention it, but Puck is still not here. He's in juvie. So uh, (laughs) I I already forgot about him. That's crazy. Wait, is the actor somewhere? Uh, the actor is, we were talking about it in the last episode, we, we co- couldn't really tell based on like what we were reading online if there was a, a rumor that he was either taken off the show temporarily because a breach in his contract where he was like releasing his own music. But some people said that wasn't true and they took him out because they were trying to get chemistry started between Sam and Quinn and thought that Puck would get in the way of that. So not sure. Which I'm more inclined to believe the, the thing about him releasing music because if you yeah. are a television writer, then you know how to create a chemistry with somebody else being there like you don't have to remove an entire character <laughs> to make that happen um but i mean janet. yeah i i like damage janet um I, this is also like this is this is like the first time i've ever really been exposed like hardcore to rocky horror because like i said i've always known about it and i've heard a song here and there but this episode was like the first time that it actually sat through entire numbers of um of rocky horror and yeah like i agree with I, I guess they do they they did sort of like take the singles, if you will, from this <laughs> musical, um, which of course, I mean, yeah, you want to choose the most popular songs, but it does kind of make me, uh, because of the fact that it's already a bit of a mystique for me anyways, I kind of do wish that they sort of like delved into some other songs besides like the the main crowd pleasers, but yeah, whatever, it's Glee. So. Yeah. So Sue's going to walk in on the performance. She pulls Will out of the room and she's kind of scolding him she's like what makes you think that you could get away with doing the show without my knowledge um and of course sue, will thinks that sue's here to stop them and she's like no 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 i i appreciate how rocky horror pushes boundaries i want to be involved and he's like all right well then join us come play the part of the criminologist and yeah, i love that he was like he was like i don't fucking believe you all the way so why don't you prove it to me and like be with this be with us in this like yeah. let's do this he's, together too 
uh, he's short on female roles, but he's going to give one to Sue. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep her, keep her involved and keep her happy. Otherwise she's going to start getting Figgins involved. I don't know. Um, and she's like, yeah, my contract has final say in the approval of uh, anything that gets done around here. So, you know, I'm going to go do some rewrites and I'll get back to you later. And of course, that's annoying to Will, but whatever. I think uh, better than better that than her saying, no, I'm going to shut this down immediately because Will's still trying to impress Miss Emma Pillsbury. But yeah, so uh, Sam and Finn over in the uh, locker room, they are getting their workout on with Artie as well. And Sam's giving Finn the rundown on his workout routine and his diet, showing off his abs for the first of like 30 times in this episode. He's talking about, uh, you know, if I miss a workout or if I eat a hot dog, I hate myself for a few days. But at the end of the day, I want to be cool and I want to get Quinn. So I got to look the part. He's like, if you get up on that stage looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy, there's no way you're going to stay popular. So uh, come on, let's keep working here. Uh, so just furthering the idea that Finn is feeling like the pressure to uh, to make himself look good and even Artie is in there trying to like encourage Sam's idea of like yeah you don't look good enough it's just like sort of baffling to me I, I mean like I said like I did have like, a, a, a small thing with body issues growing up but like I don't think I'd ever as a kid like and maybe I'm just speaking from a place of privilege but I don't think I'd ever like in high school or middle school ever like been that concerned about diet because my diet has always been like I always felt like oh like you're young, so your body can handle a lot of different things. So to see them talking about, like, diet regimens and, like, um, workout routines and everything at, like, such a young age, I'm like, really? Like, do pe- like people actually did a lot of this shit? Like, I would just – I just wanted to not have skinny legs. Like, that's all <laughs> I was caring about. Like, I just – it was – It was a little foreign to me, this entire scene. No, I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't know if, uh, Lita, if you have any different views, but I'm in the same boat as you. I I don't remember anybody caring that much. I mean, there were guys who were like, once they realized what a gym was and that, you know, they could get girls by uh, at least knowing, at least like showing off that they go to the gym, like that became a thing eventually. But I don't know about the diet part. And even then, like, I feel like that was such a college thing. You know what I mean? I could have like a sheltered view on this but i just felt like it was just like for them to be this young and talking about all that i was like this clearly the writers for this episode are not teenagers obviously (laughs) so i just it's it was just strange to me i feel like all i thought about in high school was what i ate (laughs) i mean i feel like dieting was like a huge part of high school and i think for guys too my first boyfriend um when i was 16 was really insecure about his body and thought about thought a lot about what he ate. So I do feel like they're they're obviously take it to an extreme as Glee is want to do to kind of like prove a point. Um, but I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility. I think the more unrealistic thing about all of this is like how tenuous popularity is at McKinley. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're like, if everybody sees your, your body, Finn, you're not going to be popular anymore. It's like, I thought he was already not popular because he's in the Glee club. But then he like is because he's still on football. It's like, it, popularity can be giveth and taken away so yeah, quickly. Yeah, when he was popular, McKinley. no one cared about the body that he had. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I just. I just felt like. I guess if anything, because I agree, it's definitely not either a possibility that you know guys are talking about you know the, their own body issues. But it just felt so disjointed because of like it was Finn, and I was like, but you, yeah, this was not a. I don't understand, but okay, fine. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just like what who the the decisions on whether or not you are popular um, or not changing day by day is really just uh, head spinning. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, let's go. Let's go over to Will and Emma are going to catch up in Emma's office. And Will is talking about how Sue has been a bully all along, maybe because she just wants to be included. Uh, that's a new theory that he's going to float around. And Will's like, uh, Emma's kind of looking at him like you're crazy. But Emma is uh, he's, <laughs> he's proposing the offer of why don't you help us out with costumes? I know how much you love Rocky Horror. Um, I want you to come by and be our costume designer. I think you can be a big help. And she right. says, yeah, I'd love to. And he's like, all right, well, just so you know, we're going to be spending a lot of time time together if we do that which you know is probably i don't know if that's ew will ew look he's been pushing this the entire time the reason they're doing rocky horror is for her and he is just getting his swarmy ways in to spend more time with her and kind of i mean she's she's not dumb but she's not aware enough to realize what will is doing at this point i would say do you disagree does she does she know that he's trying to do this or is she just kind of wrapped up in the love for rocky horror and she's falling for it Oh, I think she knows. Yeah, I think she knows. Like, I, I think it, I mean, it's he's laying it on pretty thick. Like, and it's not like you guys were just together like a couple months ago. It's not like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like once he was like dangling the shiny toy of being a costume designer in front of her, she kind of forgot for a second, and maybe that was his. Well, definitely that was his goal, but I don't know. But yeah, so Mike Chang is going to walk by the room as uh, as Will and Emma are still there, and he says, uh, "Sorry, Mr. Shu, but my parents read the script, and they're not cool with me doing Rocky Horror." Uh, so w- Mike was supposed to be one of the leads of the show, Doctor, uh, not Doctor. Uh, is he Doctor? Dr. Frankenfurter. Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, Sorry, I still don't know all the characters by name. Uh, Mike was supposed to be Dr. Frankenfurter, and he is not going to be able to anymore. Uh, His parents, quote, are not cool with him dressing up like a tranny. I have so many questions about the censorship of this episode. We are allowed to say tranny, which is a slur, uh, but we're not allowed to say transsexual, Mm -hmm. which is out of date, but not a slur. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Good Lord, the censorship in Touch a Touch Me is wild. We will get there. But what you are allowed to say versus what you're not allowed to say is is insane. And I can't believe that he's allowed to say tranny. Yeah. Even on Fox. I was confused about that, obviously, as well. And I was trying to look up all the different places of things about this episode. And basically, every, every most of the articles were just saying that people took issue with that, of course. But um, I didn't see a whole lot of explanation from the writers as to why they went that route. So I'm not too sure. I guess maybe it's to drive a point that there are people that still use this word because they're ignorant about it. And if we censor it out of the of the script, then it's being unrealistic about the way that some people still choose to talk. But was something that something that would have helped with that is if they if like Will or Sue or um or even Emma, you know, because since she's a big Rocky Horror fan now, if she were to be like, actually, don't use that word. We don't use the word anymore. But there was none of that. So it just seems like it was le- it was thrown out there and then left in the air. Yeah. yeah. But then if you're allowed to say that, why can they not say transsexual Transylvania? I don't know. They have to say sensational Transylvania. <laughs> no, there's there's like no reason. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm pretty sure. No, I'm positive that I was reading that the right uh, the the creator behind Rocky Horror uh who was this uh yeah the creator Richard O'Brien um Mm -hmm. was unhappy with the way that this episode went down I mean obviously he had to have been brought in for uh you know some kind of uh, whether it was like approval for this to to happen in the first place or whatever it was but I think you know I guess by the by the time the episode came out and everything was all put together he was upset with the way that they handled that you know the fact that they uh censored the word transsexual did he want like them to put on Rocky Horror because it was never going to be that. No, just the censoring of, of specific words like Lita's mentioning. Like the fact that they uh, yeah. had to, you know, 
skirt their way around this and that, but they could say other words. And he was like, if you're going to use my product, like use it the right way. But they did not. So Mike can't be in the show anymore. Will is going to see Sue Sylvester, who he tells Sue that they lost their Frankenfurter, so the musical's canceled now. And Sue can't have that happen because Sue's expose on the Glee Club doing Rocky Horror uh, is pretty contingent on the Glee Club doing Rocky Horror. Uh, so Will is going to stop Emma and Carl uh, in the library. Not uh, Will. Uh, Sue, sorry. Sue is going to see Emma and Carl in the library, and they're playing with costumes, and she's like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, they, uh, Carl and Sue, uh, John Stamos and Jane Lynch are going to meet for the first time here which is another thing that uh, you know we talked about how Sue Sylvester has to meet all the guest stars that come onto the show it's like you need that scene between the two of them uh, but they're talking about how they're just picking out their Halloween costumes and Sue goes into this whole dramatic little breakdown about how my heart's just breaking a little bit because I love the arts uh, but the arts are failing and did you know that 70% of all the teeth in this school are wooden so Sue's obviously doing a whole lot of extra dramatics here to get Carl involved in the production because she needs this to not she she can't have Rocky Horror stop him on. Yeah, I mean, she needs that local Emmy. Like, I mean, it, who wouldn't want that Emmy, you know? I want an Emmy. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Will's going to end up having uh, Carl stop by. Will's uh, Carl's going to show up and he, oh God, I, I took so much of this dialogue down and I don't know how much fun it is to just read it out loud, but uh, when, when Carl comes <laughs> in and he's like, yeah, I heard you guys have a hole to fill and I'm here to just help to fill it. Santana. Wanky. Wanky. And Emma, Santana. <laughs> I love the uh, the Santana uh, scoldings. There's there's quite a few of them from Emma throughout like the 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 next two seasons. That happens quite a lot. And I promise like you, I will make a montage of it because there have been two so far, and both of them had me hysterically laughing. So I need to go back and <laughs> capture those. Um, so Will is saying, "Listen, I can't just give you a role. You're gonna have to try out." And we are going to go into a song that help me out with the the name of this song, Lita, because it's named one thing in Rocky Horror, but they changed the name here. <laughs> It's hot patootie parentheses bless my soul, I believe. That's yeah, that's so that's what it's called in Rocky Horror. But why did they change the name of it here to whatever happened to Saturday Night? I did have they? no idea. Yeah, <laughs> on the <laughs> subtitles, on the subtitles when the music starts, it says hot patootie starts. No, look at the uh, like any of the the online pages. Like the way the song was released, I believe is let me let me check my iTunes feed, but I'm pretty sure that this is uh, called whatever happened to Saturday Night. That's okay. insane. Also, I remember you playing this in the car, and um, I guess I just assumed it was Puck uh, who was singing this, just based on the Oh, whole you had no idea like, which John Stamos? That's funny. Yeah, if you, like, you could have given me a hundred guesses, and I would not have been like, yep, this is definitely John Stamos. Yep, it's Whatever Happened to Saturday Night is in my uh, in my music feed, so... They went ahead and changed it for the uh, you know the first line of the song. Okay, whoever was involved with music production this entire episode was just on crack <laughs> because obviously. I, I will say this is a good rendition of the song. I love this song. It's one of my favorites uh, from Rocky Horror, and I feel like uh, this is this is not bad. I don't understand why uh, when we're missing a Frankenfurter, he decides he's going to try out for Eddie. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said he didn't want to have to like grind all over the students, I guess. And Santana's sure, like, oh, but me, oh, why, but, but me. Why does he not explain that before he auditions when obviously they're looking for a Frankenfurter? I don't wouldn't know. They, wouldn't they like probably edit that out anyway? You know what I mean? Like if they were going to do some rewrites, like he, he, I, probably, I feel like he probably could have like gotten away with doing Frankenfurter and just like cutting down a lot of the. 
Well, I don't know too much about Rocky. Actually, you know what? That might actually this this whole thing is a mess. There's no way they should be doing this in the first place. Like, if if I'm in a in a musical in high school and I don't get a lead, but some random local dentist does, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> Yeah. And Carl is like, listen, uh, you know, you know, Eddie's an important role. Uh, so I guess if I did it, I'd be doing my support for the arts, uh, showing my support for the arts. So uh, he's fine to just play Eddie. And, you know, he, like Amon said, he doesn't want to play Frankenfurter. He thinks that's pretty inappropriate. But I mean, at the end of the day, Will's not happy he's here. He's like, are you, what are you telling me how to direct my show? Um, and then we end up getting a volunteer. But I mean, before we get to further, I, I also love this performance. It's so much fun getting a I, I can't help but call him Uncle Jesse getting an Uncle Jesse song. I'm looking for the rippers. Uh, Uncle Jesse performing uh, this here and the kids all jump in and they have a great time. And they're, you know, it's just so much fun. I, uh, I think this is definitely in contention for my favorite song of the episode. Can I give a hot take about the dancing during this episode? Mm -hmm. I think Santana is a bad dancer. I think she's a great singer and I think she's a good performer. Um, but she does the same move every time where she's just kind of bouncing and kicks her feet. Uh, and it looks bad and it's stupid. And I notice it every time. I don't know if I fully disagree with you. I think they kind of try to eventually start keeping her choreography a little bit more simple um, mm -hmm. because she's not one of like their strongest dancers. You know, they... and she's always dancing next to or with Britney. And so it just looks bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think like early on they wanted Santana to be one of the dancers because I'm on like remember when they had it was like Santana, Brittany, Mike and Matt. They were like that, that was the mm -hmm. four that was doing choreography. But that's kind of obviously uh, dissolved. And now it's really just Brittany and Mike. Yeah, she's she's actually like Heather Morris is trained and Harry Shume Jr. is are trained. So you put them up next to each other. It's like, OK, what's really going on here? I mean, I actually think Jenna Oshkowitz is a pretty good dancer, too. Yeah, I've, I've given her props. To be, uh, to be one of the dancer people. Right. Like, I, like every time we get a little uh, little uh, dance sequence with uh, with uh, Tina, I'm like, yeah. Like, Jenna, I mean, she clearly knows, she knows how to tap. She's trained in tap. Mm -hmm. she, she's got a little bit of ballet in there, too. So it just mm -hmm. comes from Broadway. Out. They all have to be able to do it all. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Naya Rivera comes from Broadway. No, she doesn't. No. She comes from TV, I think. I think she was a child actress before Glee. To me, she comes from dating Big Sean before Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aman, we get a volunteer here. It is Mercedes Jones who volunteers to come up to the front of the room and she tells Will that she wants to play Frankenfurter. She says it is her dream to play a lead role. So why not? Why not take this uh, position here? And um, or, or maybe we, I feel like maybe we should start with Lita here. Uh, is Mercedes, what do you, what's your take of Mercedes playing this role? Yeah, so I have no issue with Mercedes playing the role at face value because um, it doesn't really matter what gender Frankenfurter is. It's just not really that relevant. Um, we've seen a black woman play Frankenfurter in a pretty mainstream production. There was a televised, uh, I think it was on Fox production of Rocky Horror with Victoria Justice as uh, Janet and uh, Laverne Cox as Frankenfurter. Um, so we've seen a black woman do this before. It's she did that that production was just bad um but she did fine um so i have no issue with like the actual casting um i have an issue with the performance which we can get to uh, a little bit later but no uh, no no problems um i think it was fun that they had it that they had kurt be like nope i'm not gonna do like this 
most stereotypical thing ever. And Kurt wouldn't have been a good Frankenfurter anyway, because it's really low. I mean, kind of the gag is that it's this really manly looking man in Tim Curry. He's a tall guy. He's kind of a hairy guy um, dressed as a woman. So Kurt wouldn't have really made sense anyway. As coming from the point of view of not really knowing what uh, Rocky Horror was when I watched this for the first time, I thought she absolutely knocked it out of the park. The thing that I didn't like about it was like the thing that I usually don't like about Mercedes's character in that she is left to take scraps. And not to say that Frankenfurter um, is, a, is a scraps kind of role, but it's just like another instance where Rachel is the one that gets to be the wide-eyed ingenue where... Mercedes is like, well, I mean, I always wanted to do a, a lead role, so I might as well do this one. And I'm like, no, that's not the reason that she should be doing it. It's just mm-hmm. not. Like, you should be, you all and should be auditioning, that, and you all that should nobody have nobody else wants, and that's the only reason she can get it. Right. Um, well, let's go over to rehearsal here, where we have it is a full dress rehearsal. Kind of, because Finn is not wearing his outfit that he's supposed to be wearing for this number. He doesn't obviously want to be in uh, as minimal of clothing as he's supposed to be. So he tells Shu that he'll wear it, you know, the, the, he'll wear the right costume when uh, the show comes around. And Sam's going to come by as well saying he is hoping that they can get him some better shorts because he's afraid he's going to show some nuttage. He says, uh, and, the, you know, so both guys seem pretty uncomfortable with the uh, the roles that they have here. But, yeah, we're going to go into Sweet Transvestite. It's Mercedes with uh, Brittany and Santana backing up. And this is this is all you, Lita. This is a horrible rendition of this song. I think that Amber Riley is so talented. And I think she's the person who comes out of Glee um, like kind of looking the best, like in her current career. Um, I feel like she's had a big career outside of Glee, whereas like even the stars, like what is Leah Michelle doing being pregnant? I Scream mean, Queens so- was iconic. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Scream Queens season one was iconic. Um, but Leah Michelle didn't really have that much to do with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess she did. But either way, that was still like five years ago. So I, I no disrespect to Amber Riley, but Rocky Horror is first and foremost funny and like ridiculous and there is no humor in this song at all it sounds good I guess but you're doing you're taking a Tim Curry performance and making it into this this big diva performance and it just does not make any sense it is not fun to listen to it's kind of cringy it's like taking um it's like her singing a Weird Al Yankovic song in this voice it just (laughs) Take all of the humor out of it. It doesn't make sense. And it's like, uh, you know, just showing off her her vocal range and not her comedic ability or her her acting ability um, or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure that there were lots of people, um, you guys both were involved in theater in high school, where like just because someone was the best singer doesn't mean that they should have the biggest role because they might not be able to handle right. um, some of the other demands of that role, whether that's the dancing, the acting, the comedy, whatever. And this is one of those instances where you can't just take the best singer, give her the biggest song and come out with a good performance. Yep. Park and bark. That's what they do for her most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that Mercedes has comedic talent. Like, I think that Amber Riley can be funny. I just, the choices that were made with this song was that you can do the big belt at the end. There is a big belt at the end. um, So you can still show that off, but you don't need to do it on every note. You don't need to do a big run on every note. It just takes all the fun out of the song. And I hear that. I hear that. I mean, I I enjoyed it, but I'm also not a big uh, Rocky Horror person. So, like, my opinion is a little bit uh, less nuanced than Lita's is. But duly noted. 
this is just making me want to watch Rocky Horror a lot more now. So, I'm in the same boat as you, though. I mean, I'm on. It's like uh, her voice is just so incredible in this number. So, like, that's distracting from the fact that, like, I don't know exactly how this performance should be done, which is, again, why, you know, glad that we have Lita here. But, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's like this isn't going to be a number that sticks with me super well, regardless of the fact of, like, if they do it well or if they don't do it well. Just, I don't know. Uh, she sounds great, but I feel like knowing especially knowing more about what it's supposed to look like it's like eh, i can kind of maybe leave this behind a little bit i don't know um i mean even if you listen to the lyrics like having someone just put their whole soul into i'm a sweet transvestite from transsexual transylvania and treating it like it's a ballad it's like so ridiculous <laughs> yeah um and th- but uh, they also look good do you have any issues with the uh costumes i i mean they look good from like me not knowing exactly how they're supposed to look like again but i feel like uh, i don't know do they do they look like the parts yeah uh no issue with the costumes was a little confused about why even before the dress rehearsal they're all wearing their wigs during jam at Jan- damn it janet in the choir room um but no kudos to emma pillsbury great <laughs> costume design i was gonna say yeah emma really killed it on that end uh carl yeah. is gonna drive his motorcycle in and uh mr director did i do that right uh, obviously <laughs> he knows that he is very early to drive the bike in but he just wants okay. to do it anyway this is such a little detail, but this makes no sense because Will says that, uh, Eddie, you're early. You need to come in during the dinner scene. And spoiler alert, Eddie is already dead by the dinner scene. It's oh. like a big <laughs> plot. So <laughs> that makes no sense. Why did they even do that? Yeah. Uh, he's he's like, oh, yeah. Such, uh, no, Emma's like, such great impulses. He's bravo, bravo. And uh, Will's re- reluctantly like, yeah, great job, Carl. So. Uh, I guess that it goes back to your point about Will not knowing anything about Rocky Horror and then also knowing (laughs) a lot about Rocky Horror two minutes later. Um, So Will and Emma are catching up uh, afterwards in one of the classrooms and he's like, listen, there's a problem with the show. It's Carl. Uh, He was right that some of these parts are too adults for the kids to play. He's like, I I can't have Sam play this role. He was obviously uncomfortable in that in that costume. So he's going to tell Sam that he wants to take that role away because he seemed uncomfortable. He's like, so I'll just have to play Rocky. Uh, Okay, Uh, sure. He's like, but he is not familiar with the song. So he needs Emma to help him out because he needs to have touch a touch a touch a touch me done by the time that rehearsal starts that day. And Emma's like, oh, that's oh, um. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Emma knows what the number is and to perform it with Will, who is not her boyfriend, and to get into this very close sexual dance number, not dance number, uh, just everything that happens here is uh, not exactly what she was picturing how her day would go. But yeah, we're going to get into Touch a Touch a Touch Me. Yeah, so much here. One, I mentioned this is an episode where Will is a particularly bad person. Uh, So he's going to make a high school student feel very bad uh, by taking away a lead role so that he can get dirty with this girl that he likes. Uh, Awful. Um, Two, didn't he just tell Emma earlier in the episode this is one of his favorite shows? And now he's like, I don't know this song. You need to help me. Also, Rocky doesn't sing this song. Janet does. So it doesn't make sense that he's like, I need your help rehearsing this or whatever. Um, but it's a fine performance. Like I said, I hate, uh, I hate, what is it? Yema Mays? Jema Mays? I don't Jema, know how to say her name. Yeah. Uh, I hate her voice, uh, her singing voice. I love her speaking voice. I think she should do ASMR videos. Um, <laughs> but I don't like her singing voice and I am baffled by what they are not allowed to say. Um, in this, like, she's not allowed to say heavy petting. She's not allowed to say seat wetting. 
Um, she's not allowed to say friendly hand, as in I need a friendly hand, you need a friendly hand, oh, I need action. Um, they change so many random words of this. Like there's so much dirty stuff in Glee and you're not allowed to say seat wedding. That yeah, is strange. That's very strange considering all the stuff that gets said. Like, I mean, literally you have Santana asking Sue about her vagina in a later mm-hmm. episode. So the fact that you can't even say stuff like that is crazy to me. Also, didn't it wasn't there just an entire arc about uh, Rachel having the hots for Mr. Shu, and so now he wants to be naked on stage in a situation where he's seemingly having sex with <laughs> Rachel? Great call. Like I, I just didn't even think about that. It's like two steps forward, ten steps back. Like, <laughs> no, I mean he knows Please that this the show so is so. To me. He knows the show is so inappropriate, and the fact that he is still going out of his way to now just not only have the kids being uh, performing this to put himself into this show, like where he's going to be wearing theoretically the costume that Sam was wearing, which was nothing but like a small something around his uh, around his body waste i don't know uh he's just this is uh, a pretty incredible decision that will is going to make here uh as this know, performance right? gets started emma's like unbuttoning her top eventually she takes off will's shirt and will's wearing nothing but a tie around his body and it's just emma is all over him and we have britney and santana obviously outside the window providing some backup vocals uh lita can you explain to me why they're there yeah, so um, in the the real movie, uh, this scene is uh, Janet seducing Rocky, uh, but they're being surveyed on video by Columbia and um, Magenta, mm-hmm. uh, who are also kind of like hooking up while they're watching it, uh, but they're looking at it and being very entertained uh, by this video uh, because Frankenfurter has like kind of the whole castle surveyed and that's kind of part of the plot. Um, so yeah, they, they provide kind of the backup vocals in the actual song. Right. So and so that's why, that's why we have Santana and Brittany that end up like singing along in the hallway as well. Like they're off together uh, being a couple on their own, which we know is kind of starting to develop here. Um, and then we yes. end up in like that last yeah. part where they're uh, Emma's laying down on the desk that she's completely cleared off and you get a bunch of different characters laying on top of her. I never really put together the fact that Kurt and Finn and Santana and Brittany are like on top of Emma Pillsbury here is uh yeah yeah so that's also just a direct copy of uh of the movie mm-hmm. did uh but did this part like just look good enough sound good enough well you maybe not sound good <laughs> enough but this is all good yeah th- this is all this all checks out it's based on the movie um those no reason that Will needs to get naked for this. Uh, Rocky's already uh, naked in the, uh, in, the uh, thing, in the movie. So um, just kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, I just am so haunted by what Aman just said about him, uh, him and Rachel <laughs> having this scene together. <laughs> so bizarre. Ugh. It's Aman, just not something that I ever need to, to, to see. Will is just such a bad person. He really is. He really <laughs> is. It's so bad. Yeah, we're going to end up seeing uh, after this Finn and Sam together in the locker room. And Sam says that he's not doing the part anymore, which is fine because he says that he felt kind of fat while he was wearing that outfit. Um, and Finn's like, 
all right, well, uh, you know, I'm not really feeling confident myself either. He's like, I started showering with my shirt on, which is, oh my God, uh, that's, that's a whole nother level. Um, but he's like, so never yeah. Nude. yeah, he's like, you're right. Uh, but you know, Sam's trying to pump him back up. He's like, you're right. I, I don't need to hide behind my muscles like you do, which ouch. Um, and then as Finn leaves, uh, Sam gets up and another another shirt lift as he's pinching whatever he can pinch off of his abs and he's like, oh damn, those cool ranch Doritos. So, <laughs> yeah, what do we have to? That's two or three uh, Sam shirt lifts and we're only in uh, well, no, that was this episode. I'm sure we already got a couple so far. I know, they really just like showing off Cord's body, not only in this episode, but like since Inception. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Finn finds him in the shower. Kurt <laughs> finds him in the shower. Like, it's just like how much like how much more do we need to get from cord it's like i mean I, you're like you're like making me not like him now because it's just like I, I okay and and i'm not complaining i was gonna ask you lita i was gonna say are you were you uh you know if you were i don't know if you were watching this episode back when it you know first aired but would you have been uh sweating all over seeing uh, fit, uh cord like this um I, his face does nothing for me uh but great bod absolutely not complaining about the uh the shower scenes especially because as we know uh, at McKinley High, the only place to recruit new members for the Glee Club is in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is he still dating Emma Watson? Cord Overstreet? I didn't even know that they were. Yeah, Cord Overstreet was dating Emma Watson, uh, like, recently. That does not ring a bell. Um, I don't well, think so. I, I promise it happened. Uh, are we in the Glee Project era yet? No. Is Cord Overstreet not yet. Glee Project? Okay. No. Um, he just seems like he came out of nowhere, so I was just wondering. Uh, I will say, <laughs> I think I'm the only person in the world who uh, watched the Glee Project but didn't watch Glee. What a backwards when world we are, are living in here. I I loved the Glee Project even after long after I stopped watching Glee. Since uh, since one of the last times that we've discussed on here that I have not seen the Glee Project, but I've actually recently uh, got a tweet about where to find it. And I will be doing that before we get to meet some of those characters. It, that is a promise. Okay. I, so, you should do a bonus app of uh, Just Glee Project. Yeah, no, I definitely would, would love to do that, uh, especially, you know, since it'll be my first time actually watching it. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully do something like that. Uh, we're going to go over to rehearsal and we get we're going to see that Will has jumped on stage to take the part that he's uh, now playing. He's playing Rocky, but Finn's also not at rehearsal. So he's playing both parts. Uh, he's playing Brad and he's playing Rocky. And I feel like Amana. I, I don't know. Like my gut told me while I was watching this, that you hadn't an impression going ready to do all of this out live. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, Janet, Rocky, Janet, Brad, <laughs> Dr. Scott, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, Janet, Brad, there you go. <laughs> you forgot Finn's line. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was trying to stay true to the original text. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yes. Uh, w- Rachel is like freaking out. She's like, no, we need to wait for Finn. Uh, th- this is a mess. Not happening. Uh, and she was like, no, we need to get these lines down right now. Uh, but as rehearsals going on, Figgins pulls Will into his office and he's going to let him know that the reason Finn's not there is because Finn is now suspended. Uh, Finn was caught walking down the hallway in his out- in his costume, which was nothing but a pair of very small shorts uh, or boxers. And uh, as he's walking down the hallway, we get a flashback. Karofsky and Azimio, of course, walk by and they're making fun of him. Um, and Finn is explaining, he's like, I was just trying to get comfortable in my costume on my way to rehearsal. And, and they are like two to talk. Like, not that I'm a body shamer, but like, how are you going to be sitting over here, you know, calling him tubby <laughs> and whatever the hell? And you guys aren't like rail thin either. Like, fuck y'all. I feel like maybe they're just making fun of him because he's walking around the hallway in his underwear, which I mean, you guys are in the football team and you probably see each other in your underwear all the time. So I don't know why you're freaking out about this, but 
I don't know. Um, I mean, it is kind of crazy though for somebody to walk <laughs> down the dam because <laughs> I pro- I would probably say something about it too. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Well, uh, Finn had nothing to be freaking out about. I I, no. I don't disagree either. I think his body is fine. Like yeah. more than fine. There's nothing wrong here. Uh, you know, I get that. Of course, everybody has their own insecurities, and everybody feels specific ways. Everyone has different standards for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if he can be a thirty-something playing a seventeen-year-old, he can be a skinny guy playing a guy who's insecure about his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh, Figgins tells Will that nine children have already signed up for grief counseling. <laughs> I don't understand uh, and will's standing up to him saying well last year santana pants britney and uh she wasn't wearing anything underneath and there was no punishment there which i think he's trying to imply that like figgins was like happy to see that and that's why he didn't punish uh any of those two at the time which i hate that that is the thought uh but i feel like that's where they were going with it and figgins is like all right fine i uh, will give him a warning but listen chew uh you're putting you and the glee club on the line here by continuing to do this production so i hope you know that yeah, um, it's like, are you really going to go ahead and put it? Like, is this really, is this really all that important to you, Will? Because it is kind of crazy. Like, if I'm principal figures, I'm like, what? Like, why are we? Why did even agree to let you do this? Like, what? Is it? Is it? Is you, this is causing a lot more headaches than I thought that it would. But you know, Will just has to. He's already too far invested in it. He's already like gotten half naked with Emma, so like it's. He thinks it's working for him, so. He's all in or nothing. Yeah. Am I right about that line? Do you think you guys, uh, that he was trying to imply that Figgins was like into seeing this 16 year old girl get pantsed? I wouldn't have thought of that. I was too busy thinking how difficult it would be to pants somebody wearing a cheerleading skirt. (laughs) True. (laughs) I want to know what the thing was that she was wearing that was barely under. Was it like a thong? Probably nothing, I think, is the implication. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, back in, we're going to catch up to where we were at the beginning of this episode as uh, we see exactly what we saw when the episode opened up as Carl comes out during that rehearsal of There's a Light over at the Frankenstein Place. Uh, and Carl is going to continue his speech here about how, uh, listen, Emma and I have total honesty. So Emma must have told him about the performance in the room where Will is, uh, you know, half naked and they were singing. And uh, Carl says, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to quit this production. Uh, he's like, but listen, I'm not, I'm not a douchebag. I don't use other, I don't use the arts to pick up other guys' chicks. So Will is pretty embarrassed that all the kids are watching this happen. Artie's literally like peeking his head out from behind the stage and watching as Will is getting publicly shamed for going out of his way to, uh, to kind of get Emma again so not a great look for uh will schuster i'm on yeah not a good look at all like obviously i mean you already told you already had an agreement with the guy back in the britney episode you know what i mean like you guys said that it was going to be like you said you would back off and everything and clearly you're not you're getting naked after hours in the school once again like everything takes place after hours in that damn school and you're just you know like you're, you're not doing what you said that you would you're not honoring honoring the the quote-unquote bro code so mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna go over to uh we see becky becky jackson is here we saw her earlier that she was wearing a sue sylvester costume uh and she is going to now i guess it's halloween now uh she's trick-or-treating and she knocks on will's door she wants candy he's got none and she's pissed uh but she drops a line here saying that rocky horror is an abomination and 
Will's like, what did you just say? And he, she's like, yeah, that's what Sue said on her tape. And I guess that catches his atten- attention because he's like, where is she talking badly about Rocky Horror when she was just so invested in it? Uh, he ends up turning on the TV and Sue is on there with her Sue's corner. And she talks about this entire, she says, you know, I went into, I went undercover to expose what your tax dollars are, are funding in our public schools in the name of the arts. So she's like, now I'm all about personal freedom. I publicly vo- uh, voiced my support for that lady who wants to marry her own sores. But just because you're free to say whatever you want doesn't mean that you always should. Uh, so she's basically going to go into this entire monologue about how, uh, you know, she's going through with this plan. She wants to get that Emmy now that she's exposing what's happening in the Glee Club. So uh, this is this is Lita, your favorite adult here, Sue Sylvester. She uh, is going for the Emmy. I completely agree with her uh, with her assessment. I think the the note about asking kids to fight culture wars for us um, is very poignant. I think that this is something um, that is done a lot where, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I don't know much about what goes on in uh, public high schools these days, uh, but I do feel like using art, like putting adolescents in art to make a statement that the director has or that the adult has is very wrong, um, especially when it's just material that the kids are not old enough to perform, certainly. Um, I, I feel like this was actually like a very poignant monologue from Sue that uh, it, it ties into what Will says later that like, yes, Rocky Horror pushes boundaries and it makes a statement, but it's also supposed to be a place for outcasts. It wasn't just created to shock people. Um, mm-hmm. And like Sue says, when you create something just to shock people and just to push boundaries, yeah. what do you get? Bad art. Um, and that is so completely true. And Will is putting on this show, understanding none of the context, understanding none of what makes it good art. And he, by doing that, he's turning it into bad art because he's taking only the shock and none of the, the meaning or the purpose. <laughs> kind of sounds like Glee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I particularly took, um, took note of that line too about, um, you know, once you start boiling out all the nuances that make great art it's just it's you it's not it's just bad art now so i mean sue i mean sue doesn't often speak in platitudes like she usually has some pretty solid solid points and that's sort of what makes her character so interesting to me is that yes like she can she does she her methods are horrible like no one's gonna argue argue there but the things that she says you're like okay i mean i I get it i just wish that you just didn't behave the way that you do so Mm-hmm. Sue is the number one proponent of women marrying themselves. Hey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's I'm so excited for that. Uh, yeah, so Will is going to obviously finish watching this. He's annoyed that Sue set him up for this, and he does run into Sue, and Sue's like, so what do you think? Like, do you believe that anything that I said there was unreasonable? She's like, you cannot be exposing these kids to this kind of stuff. Um, she's talking about how much she like loves teaching for all the reasons that basically, you know, she gets to torture them. Uh, it's a fabulous system, but she's still like, they still have to mm-hmm. not be putting them in this kind of like danger to, for lack of a better word, like of, of not putting them in this kind of position. Uh, and Will is like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm going to pull the show. There's, you know, that's the only, only way to go forward from here. And Sue's like, wait, 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 not, not yet. You're not supposed to do that until the night of the show. Uh, the kids, the, their dreams, you can't do it just yet. Uh, and so Will's going to go over, apologize to Emma saying that he was doing this all for her in the first place. Uh, he's apologizing, you know, saying that, 
that. Uh, he sees that Carl is actually making her better. And if he really loves her, then he needs to back off and realize that he is the best thing for her at the moment. So Emma is just kind of, you know, taking that all in. And that's that's where we're going to you know land here in terms of Will's conclusion that he comes to here. Of course, we're going to also see him apologize to the kids later and tell them that they are not doing Rocky Horror anymore. So, Aman, I mean, are we uh, obviously it's no surprise to see an episode wrap up with Will coming around on this. But like it's it's pretty impossible for me to believe that he actually like took any of this to heart. Like he still was obviously this whole thing was for purely selfish reasons. And the only reason that he's coming around to this is because it's the end of a Glee episode and we have to have some kind of conclusion. I mean, I mean, yeah, that and like, I mean, you saw, I mean, Sue's doing something selfish and you don't want her to do something selfish, even though you're doing something selfish. So to stop her to get what she wants, because you, Sue is going to always be the big bad, you know, in order to feel good about yourself, you're going to stop what you're doing because you don't want the big bad to win. So mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, we, but we do get this, we do get this conversation with him and Emma where it does seem like he is like because he you know cops to the fact that you know carl is actually having a lot of positive effects on emma when it comes to like you know that her personal battles with ocd and everything so i feel like in in sue's treachery there is still a little bit of growth with will that really shouldn't be required because you already had a conversation with carl about this so but yeah okay. Uh, yeah, so he so Will's going to end up coming around at the end. He tells them all that, you know, they can't do Rocky Horror anymore. He's like, Rocky Horror isn't about pushing boundaries or making an audience accept a certain rebellious point of view. Those were my reasons for doing it, and they aren't worth risking what we have here. He says, when I was younger and they started midnight shows of Rocky Horror, it wasn't for uh, envelope pushers. It was for outcasts, people on the fringes who had no place left to go, but they were searching for some place, any place where they felt they belong. Sounds familiar? The truth is... With that perspective, Rocky Horror is the perfect show for this club, so we are still going to perform it, just not for an audience, for ourselves. So this is even worse, because you've proven that you've done the research to know what the show is supposed to represent, and you still went ahead and did all this bullshit. <laughs> Sounds like Will, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, we get to we get to close out this episode with a performance of Time Warp. Just when you think that they're all done with Rocky Horror, Will's Wait. like, no, 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 we'll get you guys one more song. Thanks, Will. Um, but yeah, Time Warp. Let's do Time Warp again. Uh, I love this one. Yeah, this is great. Um, plot wise, it makes absolutely no sense for Brad to have a solo in Time Warp, um, but that's fine. Um, it's also taking away singing from Kurt because he takes one of the solos that's supposed to be riffs, but it's fine. Oh. Um, this is uh, the most famous and also best song from Rocky Horror, in my opinion, um, which is not the case of most musicals. Uh, but I'm glad that we found a way to get Time Warp into this as kind of the finale. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's obviously a lot of fun because we get all the characters out there and everybody is having a good time. There's like no stakes anymore. They don't have to worry about uh, being on stage in outfits that make them uncomfortable. Finn and Sam are both back up there, you know, with a shirt on, which uh, they were worried about, I guess, earlier. Not Sam as much, but I think by the end of it, he started to feel fat. So I guess he did want to put a shirt on. But um, yeah, so this is a fun number to close things out with. Uh, Lita, I wanted to also ask you here. What are your uh, favorite and least favorite castings of the kids as their roles? Yeah, um, I don't like, I don't think that Quinn does a good job as Magenta. Um, I think there are a couple characters in Glee that consistently have a problem being less than perfect. And maybe this is like 
the actress who made this is Diana making a character choice that, uh, you know, Quinn is going to sound prim and proper even when she's playing Magenta. But Magenta is supposed to be spooky. She's not supposed to be singing, you know, full out um, in the way that she is. So it's just a lot of characters not actually acting. They're just singing, Mm -hmm. uh, which so didn't love that. Um, Obviously, we love uh, Brittany and Tina as Columbia because they're the two best tappers in the cast and Columbia um, is a tapperal. Um, And think Sam as Rocky is not is that the same? Yeah, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, Sam as Rocky is great. He looks just like him, you know, blonde, abs, all of that. Um, Brad and Janet make sense. But I think that my major issues were with uh, Magenta and with uh, Frankenfurter. So where do you think they honestly like where, like where do we even think that they got the idea to do Rocky Horror on this show? It feels like it came out of nowhere. I'm sure that there's like actual answers out there from the creative team who put this together. But like, did they put this together because they saw Sam and seemed like he was like a great Rocky uh, that could come in here with the abs? And the, and the hair or whatever. I don't know what inspired them really to do this. I can't really. I'm I'm guessing they wanted to do a Halloween episode. So they mm-hmm. thought, what is a musical that has to do with Halloween? Um, and probably right. Ryan Murphy loves Rocky Horror because he's a gay man of the time of Rocky Horror. Um, so I assume it was that they were like, this will probably be yep. more fun than Little Shop of Horrors, which is like the other Halloween musical. Um that that's what I'm guessing. Do you have any uh, Amon? Do you have any favorite characters or least favorite characters, or uh, you know, in terms of the Glee kids that uh, that perform here? Even though we don't no, really know them super well, I feel well. like this is they're all like pretty. Uh, I, I mean, I, like I said, like I've only watched it once, so I can't really offer too much critique and characterization. But I thought that it was a fun number regardless i just think that it's so funny that like he tells the kids like we're still gonna you're still gonna perform the show but you're just gonna perform it for yourselves and i'm like you're you better be glad that sue doesn't catch wind of this because if she does and then she tells the news and then the next headline is like local high school teacher has kids perform rocky horror picture for him as the sole audience member like it's not looking too good for you but Mm -hmm. yeah um i thought it was i like i like what is this called time warp time warp time warp uh, yeah, yep. so I uh, I like this number a lot. All right. Anything else from the episode before we get into uh, picking our favorite songs and all that kind of stuff? Lita, anything that we missed? No, I I just want to say I hope that I'm speaking uh, for <laughs> some of the Rocky Horror fans and hopefully not um, being too much of a downer. I do think they did a good job with some of these, and we'll get into that when we talk about our favorite songs. Um, but I, I do think that Glee is a fun show. This is just sort of... Um, them taking one of my favorite pieces of art ever so obviously i'm gonna be uh, a little more critical of it Mm -hmm. yep and they're gonna do some more episodes like this in the future you know we're gonna get west side story we're gonna get greece along the way so they do and i will not care nearly as much about uh (laughs) what they do to those shows yes but yeah, I think overall, um, I do also, I, I enjoy the episode for the most part, especially not knowing about all the different things that are, you know, being done right or done wrong. Uh, Aman's going to run down the songs from this episode and we will pick out our favorites as always. So Aman, take it away. All right. So we got science fiction, double feature, sang by Santana. We got over at the Frankenstein place, sang by the New Directions as the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show. We got Damn It, Janet uh, with Rachel and Finn on lead. We got Hot Patootie with Carl on lead. We got Sweet Transvestite, 
with Mercedes on lead. We got Touch a Touch a Touch Me with Emma on lead. And then we got Time Warp as the uh, New Directions as the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right. And Lita, as our guest, you can lead us off <laughs> with your favorite song, if you even have one, from this episode. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, Santana did a respectable job uh, with science fiction double feature, one of my favorite songs of the show. Um, and I'll say it again, I think John Stamos did a nice job with Hot Patootie. Are they both your favorite song? Oh, I have to pick one? Uh, you don't, you have, don't to. have to because he doesn't. I think you should, but Matt I'll, I'll will tell go, you. I'll go Hot Patootie. Uh, <laughs> Amon. I'm sorry, I'll go Whatever Happened to Saturday Night. Yes. Amon, you go first because I'm still thinking. I think mine is also Santana, uh, science fiction double feature. I just love how smoky the vocal is. And, of course, it's just you know, the, the iconic lips um, close up. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it's just titillating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sounds very retro and old school and of the time. And I just, I love a good period song. A good, well, not a, you know what I mean, a period piece song. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I love a good period song, too. There's just not that many to choose from. <laughs> There's so many good songs in here, but I don't have that desire here to piss them on off with picking multiple songs uh, today. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually good. Lita's not going to like this, but I'm going to pick Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch Me. <laughs> as my favorite song it's just the one that has stuck with me uh for the longest and why because uh, you got i do like maybe um i do like uh emma's voice in this i think she sounds good i know that Ali doesn't agree mm-hmm. i love britney and santana being involved even though i just learned today for the very first time why they are involved um and then just the end i mean the whole part the whole song i enjoy i also like time warp i also like science fiction uh hopatootie they're they're all good to me um but touch a touch a touch 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 me is my favorite so <laughs> Um, you should you should look up the clip of the movie of Touch a Touch a. Uh, it's a good song. Susan Sarandon is singing it in the movie. I can do that. Oh, Seems pretty Susan. easy. <laughs> I sang it for my uh, for my Avenue Q audition in high school. Wow. Um, let's give out some slushy ratings. Lita, you're familiar with the slushy rating? Sure. All right. So we, of course, a scale of zero to five. Five means this was terrible and you hated it. Zero means this was great. So where are you going to land? How many slushies are you going to give this episode? Um, I, I will. They get some points uh, for respecting the material. I think it's understandable that Richard O'Brien did not care for it. But I, I think that this was done from an admiration of Rocky Horror overall. That said, it gets a couple slushies for um, some of the the more poorly executed bits and particularly the plot not making any sense with uh, casting adults in a musical, etc. Adults that are not even affiliated with the school, just a dentist. Um, so I, I will give this three slushies. Okay. I could have seen that going way worse. I could have seen uh, five coming its way uh, by the t- but, but just when we started this podcast. So three sounds pretty good to me. Amon, <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, so a little view it through a different lens here. Um, but it is, even without knowing all the context of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, this episode is still very nonsensical, especially with the Will-heavy plot line. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one two slushies. All right. Um, yeah, I feel pretty similarly to you. It's like, it's a fun standalone, in my opinion. I think that, you know, of the uh, West Side Story and Greece and uh, this one, I feel like 
This one has always kind of stood out to me as being my favorite. I don't know. I need to revisit the other two and uh, kind of refresh that opinion. But um, I cannot I do believe like this you episode. like this more than duets. Like I'm just like floored by that. I do okay. like this more than duets. I do. I'm sorry. I, I don't know because my, my rating was feeling a little bit similar. I was feeling like a mm-hmm. one point five. Um, which is the exact same that I gave it. So I am going to stick with that. I'll, I'll give it one and a half slushies. And that's uh, that's that. So We're allowed to do halves. Why isn't this just out of 10? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know halves were allowed. Yeah. You, well, you want to give it three and a half or two and a half? Uh, maybe. No, I'll stick with it. But I, I would have considered it. Um, that's a good question, but it's uh, not one I have an answer to. um let's also give out some gold stars here at the end of every episode we are giving out a gold star to anybody in the episode that we feel is deserve one uh deserves one for any reason that you want if they had a great song and you think they did a great job or whatever it is if you loved their plot line whatever it may be lita do you think you have an idea of where you would put a gold star on any character in this episode Yes. Um, John Stamos is getting a gold star for being freaky like that in the bedroom um, and also for um, having a great song and doing nothing wrong in this episode. Um, can I give multiple? Um, not really. Okay. Who else were you thinking about, though? Yeah. Um, I wanted to give Britney's Halloween costume idea a gold star. She's going as a peanut allergy this year. Oh, I year. forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, yes, I like the Dr. Carl, uh, finally getting him on the board after what, like two or three episodes here. Carl, Dr. Carl gets his first gold star. Aman, where are you going with, with yours? Yeah, I felt like Carl was like a good choice and I tried to, you know, at least think about any of the students that would deserve it over him, but this, it's not a very student heavy episode I, th- I thought maybe mercedes but now i'm kind of like turned off by like lita's critique <laughs> i have talked you out of a gold star <laughs> so i really i think i think carl is kind of the the obvious choice here and you're like yeah he's the least he's the least offensive and he's not really doing anything wrong and he's and the fact that you know his, will is the one that is trespassing on his relationship like i'm he's totally you know sympathetic right now so i uh, yeah, I think I want to give it to Dr. Carl. I could, if I, uh, let me tell you, like the last thing that I ever thought coming into this episode that was was that we were going to walk away with three gold stars on Carl. Uh, <laughs> but that's where we, that's where we're going. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Carl is the closest way that I can give out a gold star to oppose will uh i feel like i wanted to do whatever is going to be the opposite of giving will a gold star Mm -hmm. here and by giving that to carl i feel like i'm doing my job um so will deserves like whatever you know the anti-gold star here so we're gonna give it to carl three stars on carl to show (laughs) will how much he sucks and show will that uh dr carl is the better choice for emma and he comes in here he has a, a fun time in a small time he pisses will off by running his motorcycle through the stage at the wrong time uh hopitudi is a great number and and I'm, you know, I didn't pick it as my favorite song, but overall, I agree with everything you guys said. So three stars to Carl. <laughs> Do you guys have like a master spreadsheet of all the stars? Yes. Okay. Yes. Dr. Carl had none and now he has three. Does Will have any? Uh, he does from last season. Uh, he got two towards the very end of the season, but he has not gotten any more this season. And I think Aman and I are both going to be surprised if he gets any more kind of anytime soon. Okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to this podcast, by the way, um, once I actually finish Glee, but I'm worried that there's spoilers. 
Uh, we try not to go too deep into spoilers, but totally get that. It's uh, yeah. You know, everybody has their different thoughts about how much spoilers affect them so no problem at all on that end okay um, i just want everybody to know that i'm a fan of you too but uh my not knowing the rules is not because <laughs> i don't want to listen to the podcast it's because i legitimately have no idea what happens in glee past season two. Oh, i'm excited okay. for you i'm excited we'll have to get you on in the future so we can get your update on how things have changed for you in terms of your family <laughs> yes yes see yeah. how long i can hang on you have a whole lot more to, to come, and we will uh, have to get you back on to discuss all of that. But Aman, anything else before we close this episode out? Yeah, no. As always, uh, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Choir Room Pod. You can follow us individually. Um, I'm at Aman Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. And Lita, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Lita Graham. You can find me on Twitter at Lita Tweeted. I'm private right now, um, but you... I pretty much approve all requests. I always say this, but sometimes I just go private uh, when I have a survivor tweet attract people that I don't want in my mentions because hmm. it gets retweeted. Um, so uh, sometimes I just go private until that blows over. And uh, anything else, Lita, about this episode? Any final thoughts that we might not have gotten to? I think we covered most of it, but just in, just in case, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's pretty much... All I had, I just wanted to mention the uh, the peanut allergy line because I feel like there should be a segment just for Britney-isms. Oh, we, um, yeah, we, we usually do have at least one Britney line <laughs> in each episode. Um, but yeah, I... I did not. I told Matt this when he first invited me on this podcast, but I don't know what I thought 2020 would hold, but it was not uh, watching the Rocky Horror Glee show twice in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> that was certainly how I thought, but I... I enjoyed this episode um, just because I love Rocky Horror so much and love uh, the content that it generates. So I uh, highly encourage anybody listening to this, uh, once Quar is all over, uh, find your local Rocky Horror showing if there is one, a midnight one, um, and definitely check it out. It's really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Yep, I could not agree more, and I need to do that myself. Uh, as soon as this is all over, I, I it's uh, you know, I, like I said, I saw it in high school, but it's been too long, so I need to get back in there and do that. So yeah, thank you uh, very much, Lita, for coming on and joining us here and filling us in on all things <laughs> Rocky Horror. Uh, much appreciated, and of course, like Amon said, make sure you guys check out Lita on social media for all the different projects that she has going on, Twitch streams and podcasts that pop up uh, throughout whenever quarantine time. You know, we've got plenty of time to catch up on things. Um, I'm sure, yes. there's a lot of American Ninja Warrior out there that people uh, <laughs> should be catching up on. I don't know. Oh, RIP. <laughs> I was supposed to be in the audience this year. Oh. Yeah. Very sad. sad. Remember audiences? <laughs> what? Remember audiences? Yeah. Remember joy Barely. and happiness in American Ninja Warrior? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> but... uh, we need to get out of here. So thank you guys for listening. And we will see you over in the next episode with the great Will from America is joining us in the next episode. Woo! Yes. Our uh, theme song writer, creator, producer, and all that. So can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> uh, but Aman, send us out. All right. Until then, we will see you guys at sectionals.